Montreal, that was Privit and a song from their brand new CD, Nifsemenaya, Not Everything Fades Away, that was Spring Torrent. And uh, if you haven't caught the interview that we did with uh, two members of the group, Roman Kostik and Bob McKinnon, I talk a lot about that song and explain um, all the lyrics and the music behind it, as well as many of their other songs on that great album, which you definitely will want to add to your collection of Ukrainian music. Privit with Chas Vesnyanohoros Levo Spring Torrent. Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih dorhi radio suhači na radio programu Naš holos radio Krinskoho Kurinja, katera podjeci vam jak svečajno na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina Makvori.
Дякую, що рішили перебути зі мною наступну годину. Ми маємо дуже цікаві новини на сьогоднішній програмі. Hello there and welcome to Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm Paulette Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pokorinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you today with a very diverse lineup for you. Um, lots of different themes. Passover begins shortly here on the West Coast, a matter of an hour or two. And it's already in full swing in parts east. So we'll be exploring that theme. As well, this is the last week of March, so a bit more on Taras Shevchenko to wrap up our traditional month-long tribute to Ukraine's National Bard for 2021. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, and that is another one of our themes uh, for this program, and that is spring, which has finally arrived. So our next song is on that spring theme. This is Mariana Sadovka with the cycle of spring calling songs from Polisia. <laughs> Sukala sorok, sukala sorok, 
To the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada, which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
That was Oy Vesna by a Ukrainian singer called Malada. And for the Ukrainian impaired, Oy Vesna translates as O Spring. Up next, uh, continuing on the spring theme, one last one for this set. And we have the Euphoria Band from Edmonton now with Vesnyanka, Spring Song.
Every group, every society needs heroes. We need figures who uh, warn us away from cynicism. And the danger with heroes is that we reduce them to one message or one event. We need to release Shevchenko from that. This portrait behind me of um, the African-American um, actor Ira Aldridge. Shevchenko was a great admirer of the actor. He painted Ira on the fly in a kind of impromptu setting, having seen Ira Aldridge perform Lear in St. Petersburg at Marinsky Theater in 1858. Aldridge sits down, he is squirming and laughing, driving Shevchenko absolutely crazy. Shevchenko keeps very sternly asking him to uh, stay still. He's using his interpreter to convey the message. Aldridge will not comply. At one point he asks if he can sing, and then he gets up and starts singing and dancing around the room. Shevchenko is so invested in his portrait um, that he doesn't take to this quite well straight away. But within minutes, up he springs, uh, dancing himself, singing Ukrainian uh, folk songs with Aldridge. And what I love about this episode is immediately it brings us away from this figure that we see ossified on granite pedestals on statues around the world. And we have a portrait of the artist himself. And this vibrant individual is brought to life in that kind of episode. And Aldridge draws it out of Shevchenko. Taras, Lyora Shevchenko. 
Shevchenko was born a slave, born a serf, um, the property of another individual, and who at the age of 24 um, is freed from bondage. The owner was named Pavel Engelhardt. So Engelhardt uh, was, was used to taking advantage of, of Shevchenko's gifts as an artist, and he could see the interest that these other artists in Petersburg um, had towards Shevchenko, um, so asked a princely sum in return. So what these artists um, did was organize a, a, an auction and use the proceeds from that auction to free uh, this 24-year-old artist. Shevchenko has had such a personal, intimate knowledge and exposure to systemic oppression. In the middle of the 1840s, he returns to Ukraine as a member of an archaeographic commission to draw the various sites in the Ukrainian lands of archaeographical uh, interest. And when he returns to Ukraine, he sees a place that has uh, been left to rot, in his view. And this is when he writes some of his most, let's say, politically radioactive poetry. Um, this poetry was not meant for publication. But around this time, he joined something called the Cyril and Methodian Brotherhood, a group of individuals who believed very much in the ideals of freedom, who believed in the uh, liberation of the serfs, the education of the peasantry. He is arrested after um, a certain Petrov was listening through the wall at what these members of the Cyril and Methodian Brotherhood were saying. Around the time of his arrest, he begins to write highly confessional lyric poems. So Shevchenko encouraged us as readers to reorient ourselves to language entirely. Shevchenko actually employs repetition in such a, a audacious way that he seizes on the word znovu again in a poem that he's writing at a time when he's encountering years of exile, years of punishment for writing poetry in the first place. And he writes this, Starinku Božo licivat. A Sirić, jak bi vam skazat, štob ne zbrkavši, a znomu znovu, lude i dolju proklinat. This use of znovu over and over again, his conversational tone, in a poem you really feel like he's speaking to you, that he's calling you aside, specifically you, and confessing something deeply personal to himself. It comes so organically to Shevchenko, that it produces this intimacy that frankly sometimes feels uncomfortable when you're a reader. These texts reveal a openly broken individual who sometimes speaks of a very violent past and present, who saw a lot of suffering, who saw a lot of violence himself. But for me, I think the, the, the poetry that, that can give us um, moments of contemplation, particularly now in this world we live in, are these more lyrical poems that bravely expose an individual with complex ideas, contradictory thoughts, and is content to let those contradictions exist and flourish. There's a very sad irony that Shevchenko died um, effectively only weeks before serfdom was abolished in um, the Russian Empire in 1861. But the refrain, I think, that um, most typifies Shevchenko's own attitude to this failure of the present is that is, things have passed, things have transpired, but not all is lost, it's not all gone. There are new people coming to renew the promise of the past for the purpose of the future.
And that keeps coursing through Ukrainian society. And if it does, I think in terms of civil society in particular, it will remain robust, healthy, and vibrant. That is from a YouTube video I recently found, titled The Serf Who Founded a Nation, how Taras Shevchenko, born in 1814 and died in 1861, went from being a serf to becoming Ukraine's most important poet, giving a voice to the Ukrainian people. With Dr. Rory Finnan, University Senior Lecturer in Ukrainian Studies at the University of Cambridge. It is part of a series called 10 Things Everyone Should Know About Ukraine, made in partnership with the Ukrainian Institute London and H.S. Shinichne Central State Film Photo and Sound Archive of Ukraine. Up next is a modern rendition of uh, Taras Shevchenko's arguably most famous and most beloved poem, Zapovit, My Testament, performed by Dmitro Bohush. Як умру, то поховайте мене на могилі Серед степу широко на вкраїні милі Щоплани широко полі і Дніпро і кручі Було видно, було чути, як реве ревучі Щоплани широко полі І Дніпро, і кручі Було видно, було чути Як реве ревучі Як понесе з України У синєє море Кров ворожу отойтіє І лани, і гори Все покину і полину До самого Бога Молитися, а до того я не знаю Бога. Все покину і полину до самого Бога. Буду молитися, а до того я не знаю Бога. Поховайте та вставайте, гайдани порвіте. Злом. 
This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. Hello, I'm Vasily Pavlovsky, and this is Cultural Capsule, especially for Nash Holos. One day short of a year of this week's Cultural Capsule, I concluded my segment with the following words of today's persona. Oh, bury me, then rise me up, and break your heavy chains. Add water with the tyrant's blood, the freedom you have gained. That freedom was sought not only by Shichenko for his people, but also by an Afro-American actor by the name of Ira Aldrich, whom through self-imposed exile was acting in Britain. In April of 1846, Shichenko was arrested and exiled as a private in the Tsar's army to Orenburg, and while the period of exile was never stated, it was expected to be for life. In her memoirs of Shevchenko, Ekaterina Yonge, the daughter of Fyodor Tolstoy, head of the Academy of Arts, wrote, Maybe my father was a participant in the matter, inasmuch that he vehemently abhorred serfdom and really felt for the young poet and artist. He made many appeals on behalf of Shevchenko, and then one evening in the autumn of 1857, my father woke us all from a deep sleep. Get up, children, there is great happiness. He went into the parlor, then he told us Shevchenko had been freed. When Shevchenko finally arrived in St. Petersburg in the spring of 1858, he went directly to the Tolstoys to thank them for securing his freedom. Through the Academy of Arts, he received a small two-bedroom flat with a bedroom and a studio. And our home was his home, wrote Yonge, and continued, though one of the greatest events of that time was the visit to our capital, of the African tragic actor Ira Aldridge. He and Shevchenko became inseparable. They had so much in common. They both had clean, clean souls. They were incredible artists, and they both had memories of oppression from childhood. While they could not understand one another without a translator, they sang each other songs of their homelands and understood one another. Aldridge, who had a hard time pronouncing Slavic names, simply referred to Shevchenko as the artist. It was on December 25, 1858, when the 14-year-old Ekaterina and her 10-year-old sister escorted Aldridge to Shevchenko's studio for a portrait. Aldridge, by his nature, could not sit still for long, and he was fooling around with us, making faces and danced a jig with my sister. But it wasn't long before the portrait was finished. Then we all went to our place to drink tea, wrote Jungen. Recently, a number of things have been written and presented on the friendship between Ira Aldridge and Tarashevchenko, and this week's cultural capsule featured just a small fragment of that friendship as told by an eyewitness. Now, Ukraine, 
soare, zore, Iisuse Cano Și te zici la cerna prainii Și ochii care te deșugaiu Na nebisenim și zabuvaiu Coli Moju dolenku, šta bi ne čuli Dubinka from Edmonton wraps up our Tarashevchenko set for this program with another one of his poems set to music, and that was Sonce Zohodit, Sunset. Now on to something completely different.
Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, discovering unknown and untold stories from the past and present of Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage. Passover commemorates the exodus of Jews from Egypt over 3,000 years ago. The timeless and universal message of this holiday is that slaves can go free and the future can be better than the present. Passover, or Pesach, as it is called in Hebrew, is truly a festival of freedom. Passover begins in the middle of the Hebrew month of Nisan, the first month on the Jewish liturgical calendar. It lasts for seven days in Israel, eight in the Diaspora. On the Gregorian calendar, Passover generally corresponds with late March or early April. This year, 2021, Passover begins on Saturday evening, March 27th, and ends on Sunday, April 4th. Passover is also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In preparing for Pesach, Jews clean their homes and vehicles, removing every trace of leaven, or chametz in Hebrew. This act symbolizes the haste with which the Jews left Egypt. They did not even have time to let the bread rise. It is also a symbolic purification ritual, removing the puffiness of arrogance and pride, which separates us from one another and our Creator. The eating of unleavened bread, called matzo, during this time, carries very important symbolism for Jews. The scrupulous ritual avoidance of impurity, symbolized by leavening, helps them to observe the proper spirit of this festival. The Exodus represents the awakening of a higher faculty, which will lead to universal awakening and freedom from restriction. Jews will continue to recount the Exodus story each year at Pesach until this destiny is finally realized on behalf of humanity as a whole. In the 20th century, Jews in the former Soviet Union considered living in the Soviet empire of evil the same as living in slavery in Egypt. In Soviet Ukraine, as elsewhere in the Soviet Union, it was extremely difficult and even dangerous to keep kosher. One of the biggest challenges for Soviet Jews was buying matzo for Passover. Initially, the Soviet state tolerated the baking and selling of matzo, but as religious repression grew, that tolerance didn't last. Afraid of being caught by the KGB buying the forbidden matzo, Jews began to establish secret matzo bakeries in private homes. Hand-built brick ovens, heated by wood, operated during the night. 
Every morning the ovens were thoroughly cleaned to remove any evidence of matzo baking from suspicious KGB eyes. The distribution of matzo was equally dangerous. It was not unheard of for Jews to be arrested and sentenced to hard labor in prison camps for the crime of baking or transporting matzo. Even in the last years of communism during Glasnost, matzo was still packed in cartons labeled as butter or other food products to disguise them during transport. Pesach is one of the most important holidays for religious Jews, and even for less observant Jews. So in Soviet Ukraine, Jews observed Passover as best they could, very carefully. For example, the first and second Pesach seders, or dinners, were for families only. No strangers were ever invited for fear of inadvertently letting in a KGB informer. To do so was to risk prison or worse. After the collapse of communism, life improved considerably for Jews in Ukraine, although there has been some reversal in those improvements in recent years. Since 2014, Russia's war on Ukraine has brought extreme hardship to Jews and non-Jews alike. More recently, COVID-19 has added to those difficulties, providing poignant parallels to the privations endured by generations of Jews who lived in previous repressive eras. Still, in modern-day Ukraine, it is no longer illegal or physically dangerous to bake, buy, or sell matzo, nor to celebrate Passover in time-honored ways. Jewish bakeries around Ukraine now bake matzah following strict kosher protocols, and many of those bakeries export matzah all over the world. Kosher vacations are offered in places such as Ushrod and Lviv. In the Carpathian Mountains, a resort has been offering a Passover vacation for Orthodox Jewish families, including the Central Seder conducted under the guidance of an experienced rabbi and cantor. Unfortunately, Passover celebrations in resorts, like in private homes, will, as last year, be subdued and scaled back due to the COVID lockdown restrictions. Nonetheless, as Jews in today's Ukraine celebrate Passover, they stand united with their non-Jewish Ukrainian friends and neighbors in their wish to live in a world where peace, prosperity, and mutual respect prevail. Do not believe anyone who says otherwise. This is Pavlina wishing our Jewish listeners a kosher and joyous Passover. Chag Pesach Sameach. And until next time, Shalom. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. symbols that are on the Seder table for tonight and each symbol is symbolic of our plight freed from bondage into freedom's brilliant light unleavened 
It's unleavened Matzah baked by former slaves who were so meek It's the bread of freedom that all people seek And we only have to eat it for a week It's a night we ask four questions And the answers aren't clear Why do we drink four full cups of wine But never drink a beer? Why do we twice dip the bitter herbs? What's the afikoman for? Who's this prophet called Elijah Whom we don't see at the door? Moreover, conveys tough lives that you've led. Try white or try red. It cleans out your head. It carpets greens of parsley, and they symbolize the springtime as it nears. And salt water symbolizes all the tears shed by Jews as slaves in Egypt all those years. This egg's roasted. Yes, it's roasted. No eggs Benedict or scrambled can be found. And this egg looks like it's long been underground. Life's a cycle like an egg. It's round and round. For each plague we dip some wine because the pharaoh wasn't nice. So his people suffered blood and boils, well, beasts and lots of lice. There were hail and frogs and locusts. There was darkness in the morn. But the last plague was the worst of all. God slew Egypt's firstborn. Horoseth, it's sweet to your licks. Like mortar it sticks. Turns bowels to bricks. Seven, seven symbols. That are on the Seder table for tonight And each symbol is symbolic of our plight Freed from bondage into freedom's brilliant light L'chaim! In Egypt land Oppressed so hard They could not stand So the Lord said Go down Moses Way down In Egypt's land To those pharaohs Moses went to Egypt land, let my people go. He made those pharaohs understand, let my people go. And the Lord said, go down, Moses.
voice the Lord bold Moses said Let my people go If not thou smite your firstborn's dead Let my people go And the Lord said go down Moses way down in Egypt's land Tell those pharaohs To let my people go was the London Klezmer Quartet with a Pesach medley. And uh, of course, that song you heard, um, one of the parts of the medley you heard earlier before we opened our Ukrainian Jewish heritage set, focusing on Passover. And uh, the song in Ukrainian was called Vid Puste Narod, or Let My People Go, also known as Go Down Moses. And that was made very famous uh, in North America by Louis Armstrong. And it's, as you could tell, very popular in Ukraine in both languages. And that was done by Viktor Kopot, a Ukrainian singer in uh, a congregation, not sure what church it was, or if it was a synagogue, another one of those wonderful YouTube finds. Pisnia Moise, Bid Pusten Narod, The Song of Moses, Let My People Go, The Exodus Story. You're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nashholos.com and make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. And if you like our work, consider making a donation on our Patreon site. Nezhalme vzhizkinčele naše programu vzhizkinčele domovi skazate do pobačenja, ale pred tem je hoću zalešati vas tekeme slovame mudroste. Nemaje na sviti ljudene, jaka nemala bjekojis vade. And our proverb of the week translates as, In this world there is no person that does not have some fault. And that certainly goes double for me. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll wrap it up with how we started the show on a spring theme, the Kubasonics and the early bird of spring. I'm Paulina. Thanks so much for listening, and Dobranich.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.